What is this riffraff doing in my throne room unannounced? Apologies, Your Majesty, but I couldn't help overhearing that the Avatar won't be joining us today. The Avatar is still in my custody. However, eavesdropping on royal conversations will land you in a cell right next to those boys you brought in. Now, if you value your freedom, you'll tell me where the airbenders are right now. That wasn't the deal. I will not bandy words with bounty hunters. Seize these hoodlums and throw them in prison until they decide to show proper respect for the crown. Get back here and lay down your life for your queen, you coward! You wouldn't dare attack a queen! Maybe I forgot to mention something to you. I don't believe in queens. You think freedom is something that you can give or take on a whim. But to your people, freedom is just as essential as air. And without it, there is no life. There is only... Welcome back to the Bitter Drift Podcast. My name's Sam Stanish. This is a queer Legend of Korra superfan podcast. We're here chatting it up about book three, chapter 10, Long Live the Queen. Uh, and that's not just, that's not the only piece of iron, a dramatic irony that they use in this episode about that mm. specific event. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, th with me as always is my wonderful co-host who I would love to, I would if if I had to choose one person to either be trapped in a prison on an airship together or trapped in a prison in an earth capital together, mm -hmm. I would choose this man uh, every single time. They're grinding. Wow, thank you. Unfortunately for you, it cannot metal bend or and clearly not as flexible as Asami Sato um, or mm. as persuasive. Mm. She was that guy. That guard like gave in pretty quickly, um, but I don't blame him. I would do anything Asami told me to do. So it makes sense. She she did the doe eye thing. She was like, "Sir, please, please." It? It really, I get it. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, right oh, for, yeah. for the listeners, the pointy, mm. the thingy that I always associate with Hinata from Naruto, but apparently is associated with other things. Great point. Great <laughs> yeah. point. And I just saw on your on your letterbox that you also watched Not Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it was. I liked your your review, which was it was okay. That's it was too. Hey, it was <laughs> fine. What a fine film. Um, yeah. I I'm using it's now like um, that movie is one that I've hearted. And it was like the closest movie ever for me not hearting it that I ended up hearting. And then um, what Lost City or Lost Island, whatever the oh, yeah. movie was, is the like the best movie I've seen that I didn't hit a heart on. I was okay. like, that's the line. These Those are the, are two. the, <laughs> the Lost City, not okay um, border. <laughs> Indeed. Mm -hmm. um, 
Okay, but we're we're not alone. As 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 maybe you would be shocked to hear after I just openly discussed Derek's letterbox reviews. Um, <laughs> and, anyway, uh, Heidi Ho, Cream Nation, etc. Uh, we have the hosts of the Lonely Boys podcast, Matt Gagan and Brendan Ruffle. Hey. Yes. The Lonely Boys, back by popular demand. I would We're say back. that Not Okay is pretty good, and The Lost City is just all right. Oh, <laughs> you're, with wow. you're with us. You're with us. Welcome, brother. Contentious. Contentious. Oh. Um, Wait, but I thought that that was pretty much exactly no, yeah, I what think I it's pretty, Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I felt like they were switched in your no, mind. No, no, no. Not Okay is pretty good, and Lost I, City is just all right. And okay, I feel I like that. The threshold. Yeah, I'm trying to find the threshold, you know? Yeah. Brendan, please state how you feel about the two movies in question. <laughs> either of them if you've only seen one, or neither of them if you haven't seen either. I had no idea what we're talking about. Oh, perfect. Did you That's... not see The Lost City? No. I thought I, I thought I saw it with you, I guess. Originally, I The Lost City myself for that one. Um, which I only saw because my boyfriend loves Patty Harrison as any oh, well, sane person should. Yeah. How, yeah. how could anyone not love Patty Harrison? Yeah, so, um, and it ended up being a little too light on the patty, which, you know, mm. was a little upsetting, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, fr friend of the pod, Matt Gagan, recently tweeted, hey. uh, <laughs> and Ed Co. Current... I know, that's why, <laughs> that's why I made the joke. Uh, when you you oh. talked about how you would see any movie with Aubrey Plaza in it, and I think that's a good rule to have for Patty Harrison also. I think for oh. sure, yeah. Yes, Emily the Criminal was amazing. I saw um, that yesterday. I lived. I loved it. Def definitely when, more than okay. Yeah. When you tweeted that about Aubrey Plaza, it was so it's a, it's a weird time to tweet that because it seems like you're tweeting about a movie that is getting all positive reviews. So you're like, no matter what, I'll well, see a movie about Aubrey Plaza, even if it's getting excellent reviews by everybody who talks about. I will like stand by movies. my girl. <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. She's also in good times, especially and in bad. Well, she's simultaneously also starring in Spin Me Round right now, which I believe is getting not as good reviews. Uh, so there you go. Mm. Um, I haven't seen much. I think I have a lot of blind spots. <laughs> yeah, you've really been uh, sleeping on movie Tuesdays recently. But have you seen? I the have. Blind I can't spot? do it. I have. <laughs> I've seen the Blind Side. Oh, Blind Side. Yeah. <laughs> is that the film? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, Blind Side is my blind spot. Okay. Are you thinking about blind <laughs> spotting? Okay. We're over. I don't know. <laughs> We're Legend of Korra. Um, Legend of Korra. And I believe, like, Matt, you, I mean, according to the group DM between you, me, and Derek that mm -hmm. I just used to send this link to this uh, episode hang, uh, you have been on one Legend of Korra episode before. Maybe, maybe you were on for book two. I can't remember. But um, we that was the most recent message and the only other message on the chat. So you've been on for Legend of Korra, but Brendan, I don't believe we've talked to you since no. the incredible uh, book three episode of Avatar The Last Airbender about the dance where you revealed uh, that, yes. uh, that someone was in your side character's hottest, second number three of your side character's top five <laughs> yeah, of hotness. That, that sounds about right for an episode of mine of anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't so remember right. what I was talking about. It could have been any of the characters <laughs> in that entire episode. I also don't remember, but it just sticks out of my mind. You're like, she's in my <laughs> top five. Of my, she's, she's top three of my like, yeah. top five or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but Brendan, so that means we've never heard you talk about Korra. Uh, guide uh, us through your thoughts. What? Are, how do you please. feel about it? When did you come to the stage of Legend of Korra? Legend of Korra, I remember watching first episode live. I was such a big Last Airbender fan growing up that I was so excited for Legend of Korra. And 
the hype didn't stop. Like I know you guys are kind of from hearing about it from Gagan, especially uh, you guys are pretty down on season one, maybe two. I don't know what your feel about three are, but Absolutely. season three of this show is maybe one of my favorite seasons of television. I love this show. I season three and four um, make this show to me almost better for me than Last Airbender. I love this show. It, it's incredible. It's the adult version of Last Airbender that I needed as a college kid, and I'm sad that it ended up being like airing on Nick.com at one point. But uh, it's sad. It is a sad fate for the show, especially like they had to. They lost budget to a point where they had to do like a recap show in season four. Mm -hmm. Just like such a sad episode um, where the show that that season was picking up steam and then just lost it with that episode for me. But uh, just it's just an incredible show. Uh, definitely some growing pains here and there. But season three, they find their stride. Absolutely. I Who's feel like everything you said. I yeah. feel like it's like popular. Or I, this might just be like fan folklore, but I believe it's. I think it's believed that this episode we're talking about is the reason that it got moved to Nick.com because wow. there is, in fact, a very just on screen death oh, that yes, we watched. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> also, I keep forgetting to say this before the pod, but we are. I know last time Brendan you were on, we did like the, any spoilers you want, but now we're doing no spoilers for the rest of the show. Gotcha. So you didn't yes. say anything. Uh, yeah, I, I had wanted a feeling. to okay. say. Yes, yes, um, yes. I did not think about that, but I was kind of thinking like this is the most graphic death of all 100 mm -hmm. episodes of this universe we've seen. I don't so know. Far. I don't know if that's true. Even um, because, so yeah. when, when I picked this episode, Gagan gave, gave me the floor, and I picked the wrong one. So this is not <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh. I watched the episode. I think I combined <laughs> this one and the next one in my head because um, I remembered both graphic deaths. Oh, this um, is on you. Because I, if we're gonna rank them, oh. yeah, sorry. I, if they're gonna rank, well, he just like, said no spoilers. You're like, yeah, I figured. Well, I had to disagree with him and saying that this is the most graphic death. It is, it's maybe up, up there, yeah, maybe it's up like, there. It's like top three in your top five for who sure. More? Sure, sure. But who this is more? something else. This is, it's I'll put like, in the chat who I believe Ren is talking about. No, um, I understand future deaths, but I am. Oh, you, you mentioned this point, though. Yeah, oh, sure. Oh, now, like, here we are <laughs> in this. Space. I this episode number one hundred here. Total. I don't. I don't know that it is literally. Oh, sure. but okay. Yeah. Okay. Just we saying. can't just be fact checking each other the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just like, "You're wrong." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when I finally started watching uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender after many years of not watching mm. it, Brendan and uh, our, our other friend Gerard would always be telling me, uh, you know, wait till you get to Korra. That's that's you know, it's even better than the Avatar. That and they kept pumping it up for me, saying how good the Legend of Korra was, and that it was an even better product. Do you do you still stand by that, Brendan? I do, and I, I watched uh, Avatar: Last Airbender maybe for a fourth time after watching Korra for a third to like try and disprove myself and be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm stupid, and Avatar is better. <laughs> and I, I remember it being like a little bit childish, and it is, especially in the beginning. But it's charming, childish, and I I liked it almost equally as much as Korra until like you get to the finale, and I won't talk about the finale, even I've just I've <laughs> spoiled enough already. But the finale is <laughs> great. It's a, it's a great wrap up. Guys in the finale, yeah, like... they, they do all die. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you rewatched all of the Avatar and Legend of Korra in preparation for this podcast. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I rewatched it all. I actually don't like any of it, quite frankly. Oh. Uh, but also, no, they just do a great job of wrapping things up and just like keeping it small and. You know, they, they don't ever go too far. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you keep calling um, Avatar the Avatar. The Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's really funny to me. You're watching the Avatar. Yeah, the Avatar. <laughs> the Avatar is much 
preferential to what the Paramount Plus bio of the show that I accidentally read today uh, says. It's like Korra goes on a dangerous quest to become an avatar uh, oh. and fights <laughs> the equalist movement. It's like well, I guess it's like she's one of many. It's just like an avatar. But she doesn't become. She's not it, becoming she's, an avatar. She is yeah. the avatar. She. That's fair. You know, I don't know. Maybe they're like speaking in the like lowercase a. She's like an avatar for some <laughs> other saw, grand idea. I saw a deep <laughs> yes. uppercase a. Oh, um, then. Brendan, you talking anymore. about this coming out right when you were going to college is same as me. Um, I guess we're holding hands club for the yes. year we graduated high school. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, 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 that, that brought me to a flashback that I don't think I've talked about on this podcast yet. But the two shows that I was the most excited for going into my freshman year of college, like where my headspace was at, giving you a full picture of who I was, was Legend of Korra, as discussed. And Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom, uh, <laughs> um, which, you know, I would not probably, I would probably not be doing a full series episode <laughs> by episode recap yeah. podcast of that. That's that's not next? No, I don't um, think that that'll be uh, in the mid-season break between Survivors 44 and 45. Yeah, I don't see it in the cards, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I hate to disappoint you. Um, I don't know what else even came out this year. I don't even know what I was anticipating beyond this. Well, this was the year Avengers came out, the first one. Wow. Jeez. Back back when I was still was a fan of that man. Indeed. Dark times for all of us, I would assume. <laughs> which which man are we talking about? Uh, uh JW, Joss Whedon. <laughs> JW Stillwater. Uh, yeah, that's who I guess was. <laughs> yeah. Joss Whedon. Um lots of <laughs> lots of lots of things to say. Um that I won't. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. We'll but, we'll get into that one day, I'm sure. Who knows? Uh, mm, foreshadowing. I have a feeling. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, but we were talking about anticipation. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I was just remind. I just wanted to bring up Aaron Sorkin's the newsroom before we moved into the episode. But sure. <laughs> okay. Can I ask you guys a, a question about Cora? Please. Um, yes. What are your feelings on? Cora herself at this point in season three. I, I know she's like very. I remember my journey with her early on, especially like such a hothead, so annoying. I think even like season two for the first half, it I was like, she's so fucking Jesus Christ. I hate her so much. And like by the end of the series, I love her. I love her journey. She's by the end of the series, one of my favorite characters. Um, season three, it's like she really comes into her own. At this yeah. point, I would say that she's completely giving. I would say that the concept of her and her journey in books one and two are so interesting, and it's like a complete flop on the delivery of what they like were going for. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that, like, I love her as a character completely. I just think that she is a victim of poor writing in the first half sure. of the show. Whereas, totally. but like her whole series arc and just like her as a character and her as an avatar. I love. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I yeah, not to spoil too much, but she does eventually become my one of my favorite fictional characters ever. Like easily my favorite character from the show. Um, but uh, right now, I think she's just in the sort in that transitional period. But book three, core for sure is getting there. I think she yeah, like said, she's like very competent. She like there are moments in book three where you like books one and two, Cora would like be pissed and like never want to trust any adult in her life ever again based on something that happens but in book three she just like rolls with the punches she's like okay mm -hmm. fine that's just the reality of the situation but we have bigger fish to fry right now so like 
I've grown and matured, and I find that a lot more compelling than book two, where it was uh, just, like, it was not okay. Like, she went from, like, really, really not trusting, I believe, like, Tenzin and her dad to, like, implicitly trusting uh, Tanrock, this, like, mm-hmm. man, her, this uncle she had, like, just met. So, it, the... I yeah. Who gives off, like, very this. creepy vibes, too. Yes, like, clearly a villain. Like, I don't know yeah. why she ever thought otherwise. But, you know, whatever. That's my my thoughts on Korra. Up to this I point. also Love feel it. like to bring it to this episode specifically, they are allowing her to be the most powerful person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in the past they've shied away or like had her not able to be as strong or not as able to bend or whatever. And now they're sort of doing the more Superman thing where they're like, no, like this is the strongest person in the world. Let's go and power fantasy. Like, or power fantasy or like let's analyze other issues that she has to deal with that can't just be solved by like, doing all these huge fights or whatever which she but like when those things come up she like does it so simply because everyone else is beneath her Mm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think the the red lotus clearly present here a problem that like she can't solve she can't be everywhere at once she can't unsuck a breath out of a person unfortunately (laughs) um you know not to get to like the fireworks factory of this episode so early but yeah We'll talk about how slayful that is. Literally slayful. It is so slay, and it they, like they do not even have it be the last thing that happens in the episode. And I was like, oh, oh bold. Like, <laughs> yeah. What a, what an amazing amazing. And there's thing. like a dune worm even in this episode. Like that's yeah. not even like I don't know. This episode has everything. I agree. Let's so let's get into <laughs> it. Um. So the first scene we see Cora and Asami have been brought or being brought into the airship this guy who's very much giving admiral adama mm-hmm. looked it up edward james almost has never voiced a single <laughs> character on cora but you know he was shame he, they were going for it and they knew what they were doing <laughs> mm-hmm. um and yeah like cora's like i talked to the i talked to the red lotus in the spirit world like you gotta do something and they're like you are talking like a crazy person you can't go to the spirit world and you didn't negotiate with terrorists there so shut up and also like what does she expect these like henchmen to do about it like we're on it (laughs) i did love this episode for like fully confirming that airships can be flown by one person like Mm -hmm. yeah they're so huge um and it's just every every episode this season i've been like who's flying like do they have a crew no no crew, just one <laughs> just person able to fly these things. I love it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, that's I like wonder at like how pe- bus drivers drive buses. I'm like, mm, that's too much. Yeah. And like this is just like that to an extreme. But at least yeah, the up bus in the of air. the air. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> There's like less traffic, you know. That makes sense. Lots <laughs> of traffic. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know that everyone has a fucking zeppelin in this damn universe. So maybe not that much less traffic actually. I do love the way the Zeppelins look in an Korra versus the Avatar. The, the, the animation mm. for Korra in general, like when everything anything's moving, like cars or Zeppelins, it, it just has some sort of weird 3D effect that really catches my eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't take, it doesn't like take me out of it. Like the thing I always think about an Avatar when they would do a three when they did a 3D effect is in the first and is in the third episode when they're at the Southern Air Temple and Aang blows into those things and like the way they turn is just like that is the ugliest thing in the entire world yeah. because it's so clearly <laughs> CGI. Um, but then in this, it's very it's meshed very well. Yeah, 
And I don't, I don't know if you've mentioned anything at all about the Dragon Prince, but that show comes Dude. after this, and it looks like shit. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, it, it gets better. Yeah, I I actually watched. I just caught. I just watched all of the rest of season two and mm-hmm. all of season three because okay. season four is coming out at the end of the year. And what season, it is? Yeah, um, season one is done in a different style. But like by the end of season one, I was like, wait, this is like fierce. Um, and but then like they change it for season two, and it's like more normal animation. That's good too. But like by the okay. end of season one, I was like on board with what it looked like. I was okay, like, I think I'm halfway work. through season one. I stopped because like it was. I just thought it was overall bad. That's fair, but I, if the animation is all that's like preventing you from continuing on, there is regular animation in books too. Okay, three. it's not the whole thing for me, but like that was part of the problem. It gets better and better. I would say. Okay, yeah, that's what I was hoping. Okay, good. I would say Dragon Prince is the like only show that is like very much tickled the same like parts of my brain that Avatar did. Like okay, even good. more so than Korra, honestly. Um, oh, good. It's great. We live. So this is the part where we mentioned earlier, like Asami gets chained to a pole. Korra gets, uh, you know, in her like, what's that called? Uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Yes, like, yeah. God, she's like fully <laughs> can't do anything. Like, I don't, right. I don't know what's going on in the mouth, but I guess they're afraid of fire probably. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. Asami's like, can I please stand up? Uh, and the guard's like, sure, I love you. Yeah, that, I mean, they're, uh, they're lucky Asami's so damn charming. Like, she's able to set all of this emotion just through her charm alone, which is the dream to be that charming that you can just save the day. You are. That's your hair that shiny. Yes. Yeah, I thank would. You, thank you, Matt Gagan. If I had you tied up and you were like, "Can I please stand up?" I would be like, "Sure, I'm charmed." I, yeah, I mean, I'd be worried about being uncomfortable first and foremost. I'd be like, yeah. "Can I please?" I just don't want to be on the floor. And then I just use my charm. I, you know what? I do identify with this, to be honest. Mm-hmm, you should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. if you were in a saw scenario and you said jigsaw, could I please Jigsaw's start this challenge? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, absolutely. It doesn't work on me. We often have each other tied uh, for Lonely Boys recordings, and he goes, Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Queem, can you please untie me? And I said, that is no, true. no. That is true. Fool, there. fool me five times. Shame on me. <laughs> so this is when Cora asks for water, and he's like, absolutely not. And we're not going to be bringing you any earth or fire either. And then, <laughs> funny. which is great, which is good. And then this, I didn't, even though I knew what was happening later in the episode, it did not hit me until I rewatched the episode where he's like, I mean, I guess you've got air, but hey, there's nothing we can do about that. Oh, and he walks away. Oh. Spoilers for those Ooh. listening and watching along at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yes. like, I mean, by the time they get to this part of the podcast, they would have already seen that part of the episode like eight times. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and I do believe this was another moment that was, um, hilariously mashed up with, um, this like running fandom joke of the SpongeBob laughing in the corner. Do you remember this on Tumblr oh, at all? No. Like, cause on, when you would watch it on Nick, there would be like those little bumpers that would come in at yes. the bottom oh, or like, okay. like okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the bottom. Um, and I guess one of them is SpongeBob laughing. It was in book one. I, there's like a scene where it's the scene where Kor's like falling from like the ceiling of the pro bending arena. And the, like SpongeBob like pops up in the corner, like cackling. And like, I think ever since then, it was just like a fandom running joke. And I believe, I've definitely seen a version where the queen gets murdered with SpongeBob in the corner. It's great. That's very That's funny. funny. Yes. <laughs> Memories. They just don't do, I don't know. They just don't do television like that anymore. You can't make jokes like that with like streaming services. That's true. True. 
Although there are a lot, I mean, you can talk about like how Hulu only has like one ad at a time. That's true. I'm so glad that fucking Addison Ray one is gone. <laughs> I haven't gotten that one in so long, and it makes me. <laughs> I that one like actively made me angry because she can't hold a note, like literally. And they had her humming. I was wow. like, they they did her really dirty. She's trying to release her album. I, I know. I hope she. It's... I hope it fails. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I, I hope she does not. Fail. She's mm-hmm. doing something right because I've heard the name. So yeah, that's from me. Just like five seconds. Just ago. yeah, just five seconds ago. So yeah, yeah. she's doing, doing something, something right. right. Derek just talked Derek's, about her. Derek's <laughs> talking about her on the Video Heroes podcast. So she's honestly, doing something right. I'm platforming her, and that's my fault. You know, I shouldn't do that. We're punching up. Um, <laughs> So we go to this scene. Mako and Bolin also tied up. They're in a truck. Really, the gang is in some bondage this up. Yeah. Um, Everyone being held hostage this episode. They love it. And they're like getting gagged. They're like in the bad way. And it's just like, whoa. Um, But so like Bolin is like just chatting him up. He's like bored. He's got the gift of gab. And he's just like, how did you like do all that? Like you stayed in the prison for like 14 years. Doesn't it get boring? <laughs> They're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> they are actually only 13 years, but it felt like 30, mm-hmm. which isn't that much of an extreme exaggeration. I feel like only like double what it actually was. More yeah. or less. I think they were going for 13 going on 30. Because oh, yeah. I had that thought too, but I was like, that doesn't really make sense though. It is Big. funny though. It's like it almost felt like more than thirteen. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, probably. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> they're just big Jennifer Garner heads over there in the writers' room. She was in that I, movie, right? Yeah, What's that's the Zac right. Efron one? Is there a Zac Efron one? Seventeen the... again. Seventeen again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I I'm think there was a fan of the Tia and Tamara Maori version. Ah. Oh. Of which one? Seventeen again. I've never. That's wild to me. I've as a Twitch's head, I'm surprised I've never heard that before you better do some research uh, sister, sister, sister guy back in the day <laughs> yes i love sister 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 yeah. great mm-hmm. um so we get to this yeah. oh sorry oh no, well we ahead. get to this point where meanwhile <laughs> is like when i was in prison i would make up stories about the guards like he's sleeping with him she <laughs> has a baby at home like that kind of thing and bolin's like that's fun and he does it with the lava guy and he's like your mustache came in when you were 10, you were raised by a sister, and there's sexual history between the two of you. And the mustache guy is like, two out of three is not bad. And it's, I'm like, which one is the one it. that's not right. the one? This is like, this is two truths and a lie right here. We have yeah. to figure out which yeah. one's a lie. I mean, I ship, well, I ship the two of them. I don't know. He's yeah. clearly gay. So like, it's, <laughs> it's the mustache and the sister thing for sure. Derek, okay. they, they, we've been talking all though. season about how they're a queer polycule. You think that this is one line that doesn't uh, connect? I think that's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's like a, I don't even know, what would you call it? Inverted that? house kind of thing. Mm. House, without a, house with a caved-in roof. Yeah, that's, it's a love, <laughs> okay. it's a queer house with a caved-in roof. Yeah, a, a queer house with a caved-in roof. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> you know, one of those. That's all, <laughs> all love squares. Mm-hmm. Um... But but I relate to this man, you know, because I too definitely had facial hair at ten years old and wow. had a great older sister. She didn't raise me, yeah. but she was she did uh, watch Project Runway with me, which is like tantamount to the same thing, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I didn't get the mustache till I was fourteen. Oh, that's pretty good. Late bloomer. I remember. I remember my first shave. Wow, how'd that go? I cut myself. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, a learning curve. it's a learning curve. I was also mm. just thinking about my first shave because my dad showed me how to do it once and then never asked me another question about it or like told me anything else about it. And I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, I really should have had like five tutorials to go over it because I feel like I wasn't doing it right until like two months ago. Well, right. you look very clean shaven right now. So you're yes. doing something right. Thank you. So I see much. some stubble. Yeah, I mean, oh. I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's just my camera's bad. <laughs> um, I what was I gonna say? I mean, I still don't have a mustache, so coming in at 10, 12, 14 is good, better than me. Yeah, that's fair. Someday, it, it, yeah, you, when you grow up, it'll be there. When you grow up, yeah, there's a lot of parts for me that don't connect, like the mm. mustache to beard part. Like, I couldn't do a goatee, it just wouldn't look right. Um, it never looks just right. all go to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm glad. I, I guess I'm glad I can't grow one. It's just like I don't know. It'll never be in fashion to me. I don't know. Just don't attempt. It's almost it. like it's, it's like a dare look, if anything. It's like a loss, loss of a bet, maybe. Mm, yeah, I don't. Even People that then. wear it earnestly, it's a tough look. It's frightening, honestly. It's frightening. Harrowing. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you know, they like we said, our characters are in harrowing predicaments here. Wow. Um, we've got yeah. a freaking prison that they go to for um Mako and Bolin. And poor Bolin is continuing to get emasculated. Just can't metal bend. It's it's so sad for uh, our boy. He's trying so hard. He, yeah, he, he even has the whole prison like chanting for him and he still can't do it. I know. I mean, I kind of love that though. I love it, this kind of inversion of like for usual cartoon fair where it's like this is the moment where Boleyn like learns to metal bend like here it yeah. is gets pumped up and does it and it just doesn't happen and yeah I love that I think and they make it technique. out twice in this episode I know yeah, yeah. you said you said it was my time before no but this time it's really your time and it still wasn't <laughs> and it still yeah. wasn't I I really do like that a lot I think it's a great subversion of expectations in a way um that I don't know it feels more true to life not everyone's great at everything absolutely and I feel like I mean they do that all the time in this series in this mm. in both series where like they're like oh my god i spent all episode not being able to do something uh now we're in the final act and something bad is happening and it would be so great if it finally worked oh my god it yeah. worked uh but it worked for me though i get it. like the, the when cora gets her airbending i'm like yeah. ah that's great this is like a sort of release it, it felt it, it felt right to me in that moment it I works every time but it's mm -hmm. also cool that like Bolin has been struggling with this all season yes. and like still can't do it. Yeah. Yes. And I, don't did, I remember, do yeah, I remember the first time watching and thinking he did actually metal bend at the end and <laughs> let everyone free except for himself. And I, it did feel like, oh, that ended up being a little easy. So I, I'm, I'm also glad that it actually wasn't totally. him metal bending that did it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, so the, yeah, I love the, that, I don't know, whole storyline, but also, you know, the real headline for me is the giant sandworm. I love a sandworm so much. Wow. Um, if there's I one just, thing I know about you, it's that you love a sandworm. I do. There's such it's such a cool idea. It's like, what if a water thing was like not in the water? Not like, that's in a the water, cool yeah. idea. I don't know. <laughs> Have we had sandworms in Airbender as well? It feels like we no. no. What they kind of sand not. animals have we had? We have something scary near like that cat the library underground, I feel like. There was a fog. We Just a buzzard. fox, a measly fox. <laughs> buzzard wasps. There were buzzard wasps. Buzzard Those wasps. were the big ones. Okay. And like... um, the sandbenders were kind of the okay. threat. So maybe you're right. Maybe I'm thinking more of like the ocean creature that resembles this sandworm. Yeah, like the sandworms oh, are so unheard of, like that we haven't seen one. And then when they see it, 
their first instinct is to think it's like a spirit that's crossing over um and like it's like yeah that makes a lot of sense and then when it finally comes out of the sand core is like that's not a spirit and it's like this thing exists and you don't know about it. Like, what, what do you mean? Like this thing is the this is like as big as a mountain. Yeah, all they know is that the sand's bad. You don't want to be in the sand for too long. Something bad's gonna happen. I don't know what, but it, it might be a sandworm. Who knows? You never know. Um, but I think I don't know. There's just something so like inherently like terrifying about like literally the ground under your feet is just like not safe. There's like a giant fucking monster who will eat you at a moment's yeah. notice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd be terrified. Mm -hmm. it seems also aggressive not so much just like if you're attacking it it'll attack you if if you're just near it it wants you it wants you dead Mm -hmm. it's like a wasp in that way you know yes which makes also not so bothered by you that it instantly attacks you because they did a lot of different mechanical things (laughs) all in this (laughs) little area while he was like i'm gonna get you mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah we have this little crew here which are like they're very cute they they eventually you know they started out the episode you know not on Korra and Asami's side at all but you know through the charm the matt gagan yeah. charm they win them over yeah i mean pretty quickly as soon as they get like you know shipwrecked in the desert or whatever they kind of just like all right we'll be friends now yeah yeah i mean reluctantly but yeah mm-hmm. although it's also are- Korra's fault like i was talking before about how she has grown and is like kind of level-headed now but if she just went in there and talked first but before just like using brute force they wouldn't be in the situation and this is i guess some, some part of her character she'll never shed yeah for That's sure girl. so yeah. this is this part where like asami breaks free she's like cabbage corp sucks at building anything uh, <laughs> right. in, in whatever industries forever go me uh she breaks <laughs> out of her uh, little railing which is why she has to be put there uh, and she and Cor- she goes out into the hallway to like knock out the guard and steal the keys. Um, and Cor- she lets Cora out. And Cora like fights through the hallways, like just like blasting everybody with all of her little powers. Uh, <laughs> and then like gets to the cockpit and slams it down. And like you know, not unlike Sokka and Suki and Top in the finale, crashes the ship into the ground. Um, and yeah, so that's how they like land there. And it's like it is kind of Cora's fault, but. She's the avatar. It's kind of like they'll get through it. Yeah, I mean, and like I you said, said, it might have been it's been Cabbage Corp's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Asami's literally just able to like pull once and then do a little jump and break free immediately. Then yeah. also like effortlessly pull up the floorboard to like crawl through and then like <laughs> good for her. She, I mean, she she does everything in this episode. She's welding. She's creating uh, <laughs> the uh, whatever they they end up using to escape. And I don't know. Yeah, they they like crash headfirst into a big pile of sand. I feel like. They're they're lucky no one no one got injured or anything. They walked away unscathed. Yeah, yeah. true. Asami says any landing you can walk away from is a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. As the old adage goes, and it, it seems like this is a good one. Um, no, yeah. Like I was thinking about this too. Like this is kind of Asami's first episode where she in this season where she's like really front and center, being mm-hmm. like competent at things and like helpful and doing good stuff. And I it, I was really glad that she's finally taking the center stage like she did much better she was much more helpful to the group than Korra was like if Korra mm-hmm. and these guys landed in the uh, in the desert together Korra would have been fine like she could have just gotten out of there by herself she's like bye but like <laughs> those dudes would have been fucked uh just waiting yeah. around for the blimp from bossing say to come rescue them it, like they didn't even send out the blimp until like the very end of the episode it seemed like so like that sandworm was gonna kill them 
Oh yeah. I mean, she was amazing in this episode. I'm glad, uh, Cora gave her the credit she deserves at the end of the episode. And she's like, Asami saved us all. Like, yes, she did. She was amazing. Yeah. Period. It's about time. Period. She had, she had some UTR moments, uh, here in this season, but she's here. This is her breakout episode. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm here for her breakout episode. I'm glad (laughs) Brendan chose the wrong episode. Yes. Mm-hmm, imagine mm-hmm. just being so smart and so incredible at everything while looking I don't have so to damn imagine. good. While yeah, looking yeah, so we, good, let me no one sorry. here Never has happened. to imagine that. Like yeah. it's just reality. <laughs> Matt, try to put yourself in the mind of an uglier person. <laughs> yeah, <I'll try. laughs> it's hard. Yeah. I can't, I don't even know what that would look like, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to think about that darkness no, you know that darkest timeline where i'm yes <laughs> where Matt's Matt's the, very the most gorgeous person yeah. on the planet yes. <laughs> yeah they don't call him maddie fresh for nothing that's they, true it's true sure. i'm always saying it 100 fresh always well you do name yourself that uh <laughs> <laughs> so at the same time that they crash into the desert zaheer and the rest of the red lotus are arriving at the earth queen's palace and they're like we've got prisoners for you and we've got information or something else and they're sort of like trying to work out a trade deal with the earth queen she has no idea who these people are like she, but she like knows they're evil just like her basically <laughs> like, we both we all do evil things let's help each other out yeah <laughs> i love the queen she's so over the top she's amazing <laughs> true i will i wish that these world leaders had been involved in the uh show much earlier like we get at the end of the episode that like this is the first time Cora and Zuko have seen each other in like 12 years probably and it's just kind of like if you are the leader of a nation it, like and Cora is on that level as well like wouldn't you see each other more frequently than that i i don't know it just seemed like i i just wish i just wish that they had been like in the global politics already yeah, that's true. I guess yeah. she's young still, and she hasn't really been involved with all the politics until recently because they wouldn't let her. So maybe that's a little bit of a part of it. She's now sure. finally competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <great>. um, <laughs> so yeah, so here comes in, and he's like, we're giving you these dudes just as mm-hmm. a show of good faith. Thank you for talking to us. And she's like, I recognize those ragamuffins. Uh, and <laughs> then she's like, okay, well, where's the airbenders? And then Zaheer's like, well, where's the avatar? And they're like, okay, well, when we get the avatar, you can have the airbenders. When we get the airbenders, you can have the avatar. They're just kind of in, and then they go to like some waiting room, <laughs> like the villain waiting room in the hallway <laughs> next to the mm-hmm. throne room. It's just kind of like a, I'm sure there's like some cucumber water in there or something. Mm. <laughs> it would be like cucumber zucchini water in Avatar world. Zucchini you know, water, wow. it always has to be a combo. Oh, like, oh the duo of it. Okay, I yeah, see. you know, like a cucumber kumquat water. <laughs> a cucumquat. Cucumquat. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that I don't know I love how the Red Lotus like naturally just like they form themselves into like a pose wherever they are you know mm-hmm. they, like make a tableau it's yeah very, they definitely very... have to, they definitely rehearse that in the off time like absolutely they so here's like spot. we have to we have to work on our blocking today so it's clear your schedules <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's what they do in the spirit world while they all sleep they're like okay see you in a little bit we'll work on our little <laughs> our little formations. <laughs> But it always works for me. They they look so so gorgeous. I love them. 
they just all look so distinct and like mm-hmm. just like so well done um and i was so glad please spoke in this episode too i feel mm-hmm. like she doesn't all frequently get to um and she you know was equally part of the evil doing planning in this episode absolutely good for her yes yeah, Unf- very good. unfortunately they didn't explode the queen to death um but you they know, tried they did that's true yeah <laughs> um so yeah, we get this scene. The airship has been fully cleared of sand. Cora blasted it all with air. Uh, in like it seemed to make quick work of it. Um, and the guy's like, it hasn't been cleaned since it flew off the lot. And then if I was there, I would have been like, you flew it off the lot. It instantly started losing value. Uh, but I wasn't. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so they try out the they try out the ship. They're like, okay, if the engine's up and running, we can go. We get, we got this. We did it all ourselves. We don't need the stupid other ship from Bossing Say. Um, and then the sandworm just bites through it the second it takes off. Classic, classic sandworm behavior. We've all been there, you know. Yeah. If what I learned one thing from Dune, it's that sandworms hate ships. They do. What's like? What's up with that? I I know it's like the rhythm in Dune, but like, what's what's the problem uh, here? Well, Cora and Asami weren't walking like this. Yeah, they should have done their Dune. sandwalks. They should have, <laughs> or they should have been. One of them at least should have been. Oh Oscar my wow, Isaac. still going for it. There's a full <laughs> body down there that you really aren't seeing, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, I can't wait for Cora to use the voice, you know. <laughs> That's gonna <Definitely>. be fun. <laughs> and and the Earth Queen will never use her voice again. Um, oh, anyway, oh. it got oh, wow. snatched out of her body. Dead. Uh, there's a there's a okay. So this is where I was kind of surprised that the the captain of the Earth ships like um, willingness to work with them after their ship gets destroyed. Asami's like. Okay, well, instead of that, here's what we'll do: we'll make an air glider just like the sand people, and we'll like we just need like a big thing and a couple pieces of the ship, and then like I just assumed that the Earth captain would be like, "No, we're not doing that. We're like gonna go. We're just gonna wait, and like we don't need you. Like blah blah blah." But he's yeah. like, "Yeah, sure. Like let's start grabbing bits of metal." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's like, down for it. He is. He's like not afraid to you know given to authority he's not yeah i don't know he's not an unreasonable guy he's seen what asami's capable of he's willing to give her the benefit of the doubt here let's let's try out your way mm-hmm, absolutely i Can we, we also talk about how like the term sand people sounds so racist i don't know if it, it is or not does, in that world. i really it just doesn't it sounds very derogatory Thank you for bringing that back around because it's like that is what they are but i'm kind of <laughs> just like it absolutely is and it's like well it's because it's like they're the sand benders are definitely based on like the um the people from Tatooine, uh, Star Wars, blah blah blah, That's which okay. is like for sure very racist. Like, yeah. Um, so it's like it's like a, a not racist version, but of like a the racist derivative yeah, of like a racist tertiary racism. Yeah, yeah. racism by. Uh, I guess it also by uh, so, yeah. yeah. It, it makes yeah. sense because they they literally are sand people if they only spend all their time in sand and they're sand benders. But it doesn't sound good on paper. I feel like sand benders at least is like more descriptive of like what they yeah. do. They bend totally. the sand. Mm-hmm. Right. people's like the deep i don't know <laughs> yeah. hey yeah, but derek they're mm. not all sandbenders they just live there that's fair people of the sand maybe a little people better of the sand. like mm. they live there yeah i i agree those are yeah. earth kingdom citizens people yeah 
They're people. They're just people. Yeah, we're all humans at the end of the day. People yeah. of the Sand could be a, a fun spoof of a Rageous Machine song. People I'm sorry, what? Sand. Never mind. Sam can go instead. This podcast <laughs> is too gay for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's hey, out. The only Rage uh, of the Machine we know on this podcast is the one that Britta Perry references, and that one episode yeah. of Community. <laughs> the only Rage Against a Machine that I know about is when the big worm ate the ship. Mm, hello. <laughs> was it Rage or was it just Instinct? You know, I don't think the worm has <laughs> ill intent there. It's just trying to survive. You're right. Or mate. Maybe that's why it's so... Maybe it thinks the blimp is like another sandworm. Could be. Hot. Or I mean, maybe it no, maybe it recognizes that it's not another sandworm and it doesn't care, and it still wants to have sex with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now I'm glad I, I mentioned Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if this is usually how the show goes, but Sam is on fire today. <laughs> no, that's how it usually goes. That's usually how it goes. Sam. <laughs> Between oh, the, the dance and the car off oh. the lot joke earlier, it's really well, getting out of hand. Brendan, I don't know how many of my Lonely Boys live oh. texts to Matt Gagan you are forwarded on, but I've been listening to a lot lately to catch up. Um, and so I feel like I just know exactly what to say to make you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Sam somehow is not sick of us yet. He has been giving me his updates on uh, on all the stuff he finds funny about our podcast, which is great. I love it every time. Keep them coming. Yeah, I don't get any of it. Well, uh, I don't have your I, I don't have your number or your uh, the social media, so I'm sorry, but you'll get it wow. all when I appear. You, you mentioned it at the end voice. of every episode. Sure. So I forwarded you, you the Venn diagram that Sam made of us. Oh yes, that was good. I, like that. <laughs> I I really had fun, and I came up with other things after that, but then I forgot to write them down, so I couldn't add them. Okay, um, we'll have to make a Lonely Boys. Uh, bitter jurors Venn diagram, and I know on mm. my side it's going to be raging with some machine <laughs> jokes. Mm, okay. What's our side, Sam? What is your side? <laughs> Exclusively only us that we make. It's going to be uh, sand people talk. It's going to be racist. Sand nope. Calling out racism. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, we go. There. There. They encourage racism on the Lonely Boys, I assume. <laughs> yes, well, we assume. well, you do talk about Gossip Girl and we talk about Avatar. It's like, which one is less racist? Hmm. But that's very oh, fair. That's another, this is a whole other spinoff podcast. Which one is more racist? <laughs> Talk about that every week. <laughs> <laughs> we we should do that. That's a really yeah. good idea. <laughs> we have a different guest on every week to discuss. Tell me, which of these is racist more? More so. Yeah. Yeah. I believe this podcast exists. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, but yeah, they they've used the glider and they they yeah. They do it. Asami does the thing as usual. She slays. She slays. Yes. Um, yes. During that, Zaheer notices like a member of the Daili or someone sneaking into the queen's throne room, and he does like the swiftest like air blasting up into the ceiling. He's up in the rafters, up oh, in yeah. the queen's throne room. It was cool. He uses though. his parkour skills to pretty cool to, to get out there. They're very good, very impressive. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, and he gets in there, and so he also hears the news about. Uh, the airship going down. They don't have Gora. They just sent the thing, and so they sent another airship. Sorry, I won't just say the thing. Uh, they sent another airship to go and collect the dolls, um, <laughs> and so Zahir returns with that information. And the Red Lotus is like, they are not gonna have. A, if if they lost Gora, they're not gonna be able to get her again. Like <laughs> they know that. Mm -hmm. 
you can't keep putting muzzles on her Mm -mm. she'd like it too much you put them you muzzled appa isn't that what Uh, people love that line from ang it's very um well the line reading is very different from his usual Yes. Um, so we needed a you muzzled Cora line from Asami. Yes, <laughs> that would have been really, really good. Uh, <laughs> and I know we hated all of the callbacks and everything fan servicey in book one, but it would have slayed for book three. Right. But I feel like it wasn't quite a meme at that point. Uh, I feel like the mm. like o- the meme potential like only came about in recent years. Mm-hmm. At least by my measure, maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy over here. But <laughs> how do you man. do that thing where you Google a term and it like does like a oh. number of searches? I think you muzzled Ada would be something very revealing. The search how do you that do we that? would really, I'm gonna do really learn a lot about society uh, if we had done that. Yes, which I I will do that. You you continue talking. I will figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, researcher Derek. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. So this is One when they're place. like, okay, well, fuck her, uh, and they just yes. air blast into the throne room. They're like, hey, deals off. Uh, we know you won't have the avatar, so we're going. Um, but not before Zaheer decides that it's also time to kill the Earth Queen. Ooh. Earth Queen. They're threatening her. And the Earth Queen is like, you wouldn't dare attack a queen. And Zaheer's like, uh, babe, I don't believe in queens. And he goes, uh, <laughs> and it's like, Zaheer, you're a queen. You slay. Exactly. <laughs> like, go up, king. Um, all of these adages. Like, this was so amazing. And as I've become more and more radicalized since seeing this event, like, I'm just like, Zaheer made points. A hundred percent. This is the you this is the best scene. This is the best scene of the episode. I love Zaheer versus the Queen. And the Zaheer character, so good because um I guess Henry Rollins just has such a compelling voice. Like I could listen to him a monologue to the Queen. Like the his I don't believe in Queen speech and him like riffing about freedom and everything while he just nonchalantly suffocates her is amazing. Like I could listen to that all day. He's right. Yeah. He's yeah. also like the, the way they animate him to the voice makes him look like the perfect sociopath like he looks fucking psychotic when he goes on this whole speech just because of the way his like his facial expression he has no facial expression and it's perfect to this 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 character this actor and i think it just really plays to this this person who's, who makes a lot of great it's funny with all the villains of Korra, they all have like good ideas they're just in practice they're bad yeah um but he is like maybe the most the, the biggest lunatic out of uh the the, the villain so far he's won me over yeah, I'm on his side. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. I don't really know if he <laughs> is the biggest lunatic of of the of the villain so far because like last season, literally his plan was to have demons inherit the earth. Whereas like, no, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean lunatic like, as far as people like, being friends over. with him. If you're gonna be a pal, gonna pal around with him. He's the last guy I'd want to hang out with because he just you wouldn't want to grab you wouldn't want to grab a beer with Zaheer? No, mm. oh, I, maybe we I don't know. that rhyme. Zaheer maybe. would be an incredible Hoppy Boys guest. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. I feel like with Zaheer, he has the energy of like I don't know. Like I feel like he would definitely be a really exhausting person to talk to. He's like always going on and on about Running. like <laughs> ideals and like quoting old ass airbenders. Yeah. And you're like, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. I, I do think you need someone to come on and play the character of Zaheer as a gift for the happy boys. I think so. I, if I'm anyone wants to try volunteer. to contact Henry Rollins and see if he can <laughs> please an in character <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> Um, I don't know. He just—he seems to me like the person of the villain so far who would care the least about taking a life. Well, clearly, 
And um, yeah. I feel like he's the certainly the least campy. I think the camp factor really helps the other two. Like mm-hmm. Aman has like brother and mask, daddy it's issues. Like, can I take you seriously? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like um, yeah, Unalak, Tan, whatever his fucking name was, Uncle Badman. Um, he at least like he's talking about like his Pokemon that he loves so much or whatever. Like that's at least something fun to talk to. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, Brendan, earlier in the podcast, you were talking about how Cora keeps like the conflicts small, and I think that that really helps keep, make Zaheer inaccessible and like very good villain because like compare. I mean, comparatively to previous season, like it's is not a small conflict at all. And like, you can't even wrap your head around it, but like everything Zaheer does yeah. is like so accessible and like, you can understand every single part of what he's doing and like the motivations all make sense. Right. And like, we talked about it a lot last week, but I just really, really appreciate Zaheer as a villain in the universe because he, just between his conversation with Cora last week and now this conversation with the queen this week, like it's just like so unlike anything other villains I've ever brought to the table in the entire universe of this show. Um, and it's just better and better every episode. Yeah. Agreed. yeah. He really, he really believes in what he's doing and he'll do anything to get there. He, he's just, uh, and, and everything he says, like we all said, makes big sense. And he is, his goals are almost admirable. Uh, just just goes about it in a in a tough way. Hashtag I stand with Zaheer. I stand with Zaheer for sure. Zaheer was right. Yeah, he was right to you just like suck the fucking breath out of yeah. missing. That's unfortunate that that got him banned to Nick.com, but he had to do what he had to do. <laughs> banned to the realm of sh- of Nick.com. Um, they were, they were, if you murder the queen, for... we're taking you off Nickelodeon. And he said, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. They were coming for Orange is the New Black as the <laughs> first big streaming hit. Yeah, that, I'm, that, that's not true. This Nick.com original, this was the big first streaming <laughs> hit. I was going to guess Teen Girl Squad as the first big streaming <laughs> hit, at least in my my experience. In your world. Yes, You're right. in my world. Um, Mine was like a bunch of claymation videos mm, made by you. <laughs> I wish. I mean, <laughs> if I was that funny back then, who knows where I'd be now. <laughs> My Coca-Cola, come yeah, on. Yeah, my uh, the Potter Puppet Pals on YouTube. That was uh, my uh, first big streaming hit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> do you think that Zaheer's like literally sucked the air out, or did he just suffocate her with that ball? I think it, he's it, like it was an air sucking. Sucks it out. Yeah, that's um, so cool. I've seen cooler than just suffocating. Yeah, I agree, and I also love that this is like um, this is something that actually has been like in the Avatar lore since like before, like since like the series Bible. I remember, like, way, way, way back in the day when Avatar, like, first started, they, like, essentially posted the, like, series Bible, like, on Nick.com as, like, oh, here's cool. what each of the bending elements do. And, like, they for sure, like, spoiled blood bending on there. Like, oh, wow. They, like, mentioned, like, yeah, some waterbenders can blend, bend blood. And I'm also fairly certain they, like, brought this up, too, this idea of, like, airbenders being able to, like, suffocate people. Oh, um, shit. Uh, and it's, like, finally come to fruition. It's far along. Wow. I know, they sat on that one for quite a bit. They did. I guess it I makes love. sense because a lot of airbenders have been so passive that why would anyone that we've known we've met so far do that? Yeah, exactly. this is the first time it's really added up with the character, and yeah. uh, they do it amazingly. Um, they also do that shot 
of the queen that is very similar to like that. I don't know. We talked about it with like when Tano in book one, like doesn't he loses his bending. They do like the weird angle on his face mm. like up here. Yeah. Uh, and the queen gets one of those as well. It's very fierce. Mm. Yeah. Animation was great in this episode. Um, and that's just one of the yeah many points where it's just like it looks amazing. The show is so beautiful. I love it. This is yeah. a lot better episode than the one I came on for last time. Oh, I can only imagine. What was yeah. it? Season one, episode eleven, which I believe half of it is just a uh, oh, a random back. monologue flashback. Mm. Oh, literally, maybe <laughs> the worst. That's episode. one of the I things mean, we I talked really... about last week, where we were like, Zahir gives his uh, like yeah. backstory in three sentences, yeah. and just <laughs> like is like, and that's yeah. me. Okay, now we're moving on. I want to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I want to kill you. We get his whole deal very quickly, and we don't have to waste an entire literally the second to last episode of that season is just like flashback <laughs> to comp- like a story about a character we had like essentially never met before. Like, <laughs> and yeah. also his like fucked up dad. <laughs> like it was so unbelievably bad. I don't want to think about it. We do not care. I'm so sorry that. for bringing it up. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. So yeah, the earth queen is dead. And Zaheer wants to declare that over the radio. <laughs> He's like, go me. He says real quick, let me just make an announcement. No need for yeah. alarm. I wa- Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was the weirdest <laughs> line of dialogue ever. He's That's like, so funny. no need for alarm. I just need to make an announcement Don't. to the entire, to the entire city. Immediately. The entire city. It's so funny. Hey man, can I just please, I just killed the queen. Can I just hop on the radio real quick? I just got some shit to say, man. <laughs> Yeah, and then the guard is like, who are you? And then <laughs> Ming-Hua is like, this is the man who just took down the Earth Queen, so you better do what he says. And it's like, what is this interaction? <laughs> like, <laughs> at, this point, at this point, just airbend him. Like, just like get him out of the room, and you'll yeah, Now it. he's trying to be so so passive and so nice. Like, just move out of the way, please. Like, you just like, kill this somebody. Is, this is a citizen. Put him down. He's fine. Right, like, <laughs> Ming-Hua, he's like, ming this is one of the people we're trying to help. It's like... Yeah. Sure, but you've heard a lot of people already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting decision. I do love that. Yeah, the like not to alarm you. It's very like when you like break something as a kid, you're like, don't get mad, but you know, <laughs> I to do this. Um, and of course, people freak out. They're like, damn, that lady who we probably have never met before in our lives is gone. That's so sad. <laughs> not the queen. No, <laughs> queen. I love the queen. <laughs> Rip. Uh, yeah, Rip Bozo. So the uh, Red Lotus arrives at the prison and they mm-hmm. free all the prisoners. And Zahir tells Mako and Bolin that he's going to let them go, but he has a message for them to give to Korra or for Korra, which really struck me. Like I like I feel like previous villains would always be like the avatar or like avatar Korra or like that kind of thing. Mm. But it feels like since Zaheer and Korra had their little chat under the tree last episode where they like got to know each other, like he's using her just for first name, which like I'm sure that her uncle did it or whatever in book two, but it just really, really hit me this time in that line where he says it's for Korra. Yeah, they're on a first name basis now. They go way back. They're best buddies. We're not so different, you and I, part two. (laughs) (laughs) always what a classic um yeah what a gaggy episode honestly no other way to describe it Mm -mm. (laughs) literally gaggy like gags (laughs) exactly the queen gets like gagged to death and then there's just Mm -hmm. like we're gagged we're gagging 
I bet while I was watching the episode, my cat was probably throwing up a little bit, too. Yeah, exactly. Literally, in every sense of the word, this was a gaggy episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, this this season just, like, keeps ramping up the tension and the stakes, and it's giving... I mean, it's like random death now. Like, it, and it's it's not even a huge character. Like in the past, death has been like characters we know or care about, or I don't know. They were just a bigger deal, and now it's just kind of like this guy's evil, and he hates this world leader, and he's gonna assassinate her, and he did. Well, it's like a, a bigger villain taking out like a mini boss villain. It's not even like a good, bad guy beats up a good guy. It's like he just is like fucking with everyone, yeah. and it's 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 cool. And it escalated quickly too, where he's like, I need something from her. She couldn't give it. And he's like, okay, well then you're toast. Well, then you're dead. You're dead. That's the last thing right. I needed from you. Yeah. You're done. I mean, I'm sure after he got Cora in the first place, he was still going to kill her. That's true. That's because he hates queens. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't believe queen. in queens. Mm-mm. Right. Doesn't even hate them. He just doesn't support them in any facet of his mind. Exactly. He's like the anti-bitters, you know? Yeah, right, we exactly. In, we, we, only <laughs> we, we are non-ironically always saying, long live the queen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Keep calm yeah. and love queens. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so there's just one last scene where Cora and Asami arrive to the desert city in their air scooter. They meet up with the old people, um, Lynn and Zuko, and Woo. Cora's dad have been hanging out. <laughs> Uh, and they're, they've been like, they were gonna go look for Korra probably, or like find out where Mako and Bolin were, but now they've all reconvened, they share some information, um, and Zuko's like, hey, I'm Zuko, remember me? Look at these, Yes. I mean, yeah, Zuko's obviously my favorite, but old Zuko just isn't the same. The no. voice, it's just the he voice. Well, yeah, he doesn't even sound remotely similar. He's old, he's an old man. I don't know. I but I I agree, Matt. He's like Zuko, like visually, um. But I but I, it's still fun that he's here. Yeah, Matt. Sure. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you a sentence to read now, as you okay. would normally say it. Okay. And then we'll all reconvene sixty years from now for you Absolutely. to say the same yes, exact please. sentence. And um, I bet no one will be able to tell the difference. I'm always going to sound like this. What's the sentence gonna be? I'm looking up that quick brown fox sentence. Oh, but what's something that's what's something Zuko says in this episode? Hey, you team, got me. I'm Zuko. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Hey, or... it's me, Zuko. Oh, or Matt. Okay, I think <laughs> I, I spliced is... in the audio from six years from now. That was that. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, Sam from the future here. Um, we waited I, I six sound years. like Matt in the future. <laughs> we waited 60 years to release this episode, but I can Just... tell you that this is what he sounds like. Mm-hmm. Same well, with no, the... okay, here's what I'll do. Look, if time travel exists, uh, in I will send this MP3 back to myself uh, so that I can put it in the episode tomorrow. Good. All right. Okay. Well, if time travel exists, I'm going to appear behind Sam and like kick him in the face. Ooh. <laughs> Doesn't look like time travel is real, unfortunately. Well, I'm glad. I guess I don't. I mean, that seems like a rude thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what's the most like impactful thing I could do? You know, <laughs> that is it. Kicking mm-hmm. Sam in the face would have the most impact. Out of <laughs> anything that you could do. Like, imagine if we had all just seen like a foot. That would be crazy. Just like kick yeah. Sam in the face. <laughs> I mean, just imagine how different.
different life would be if Sam got kicked in the face. Like that. <laughs> I really would not like to know how that butterfly wing affects the future. Mm-hmm, that's true. <laughs> Can't allow that to happen. Um, yeah. So uh, the old people are there, and w- what's the what's the cliffhanger? I <laughs> kind of like it's getting real. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I can't remember what like they're it's talking happening. about. Or they I mean they hear a radio report about the queen dying, and like the cliffhanger is just kind of like Cora being like, yeah, things are getting bad, but yeah, like it's... nothing new has been added to the situation. This is crazy. Yeah, they're all safe now. The episode was like spent with everyone traveling with their That's captors. True. We get and it. Now everyone's okay for now. There's like bad. a news report that like the people of Bossing Say have taken over the castle, mm. the palace, and like are like running amok in the city or whatever. Anarchy, and, uh, baby. Yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. the last thing. I yeah. live. So uh, I, I do like this one, but I was slightly disappointed with the one I picked just because it did feel like a setup episode for the remainder of the season. Like the, the last three episodes are just like all almost like season finale quality and this one was like very good but just like it's obviously leading to something better for me yeah you got to see the kill yeah that's murder. that's yeah that's what i mean like, like that is like a really good murder to kick off the rest of the season you gotta Absolutely. have one good murder before like the real season finale starts that's true get established you know even old dictators can die that's how that's real true. the stakes are you know <laughs> yeah as they should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, any concluding thoughts on this very good episode, in my opinion, from anyone? Matt, Brandon? Um, man, I, no, just that I was uh, I was glad that... You said no, so you got... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, keep going. Um, just just that I'm uh, I'm glad that we, we got this episode to come on for. I liked the... I enjoyed each of the each of the storylines. Nothing, n- nothing, you know, too incredible, but definitely an enjoyable piece of, piece of television that I got, got to watch. I, I gained this episode. <laughs> what? No, 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 you, no. You're not nagging the episode. You're no, like, well, no, no, it wasn't no. perfect, but Listen, it's it's no the Avatar season three, but the, it's <laughs> what what is you know? That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, I but agree. I I was very happy. To watch this, I I enjoyed I enjoyed watching through it and talking about it with everyone. So great great job, Brendan, picking great the episode, job. and great job, Sam and Derek, and inviting us. Yeah, I think for me it only suffers from just a rewatch. If it was like first time watching, oh man, I can't I can't believe there's more. But on rewatch, I'm like, uh, there's there's better. So it's like it's like for me, like I don't know if we're doing episode grades. I forget. I'll well, we don't, but I was gonna say you guys okay. should give episode grades, do an MVP and LVP. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, well, since I'm on it, I'll, I'm gonna. I was gonna give this an A minus just because I, it's like it, it is great. Like it's great. It's it's really great. A, a well a well structured episode. But a lot of it is spent traveling in uh in gags and bound up. And I want to really? see my team in action. And it's coming. I, I know it's coming. So with with that in mind, I know there's just something a little bit better that would be A grade. So A minus for me. Okay. Hmm. Yes, I, I I'd say it was a nice um, B episode, but you know Zahir versus the Queen, I was such a big fan of, and Zahir's big big monologue is is enough to bump it up to a B plus for me. So wow. I am giving it a a solid <laughs> B plus grade for this, just a little bit worse than Brendan's grade. Okay, wow, you guys doing it's... grades also? 
I figure we'll, yeah, I'll leave it Mary. to the professionals. Mary. You guys really know <laughs> what, what, what makes an episode good. MVP is obviously Asami. She does everything uh, yeah. right in this episode. This is her big breakout episode. There's no one else you could even give it to. Uh, it's Asami all the way for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, honestly, when we were when you were talking about her earlier in the episode, I was like, oh my god, that hair. And her athletic ability. You're, you're really always looking at people's hair. That's your big, <laughs> that's that. your big thing. It's so shiny. Big hair guy over here. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, that's and, the number one topic of conversation only on the lonely boy over at the lonely boy. <laughs> well, only this most recent, like the second half of the season, because hair was so bad for a while. That's more what it was. It's it doesn't come up unless it's amazing or terrible. So okay. this episode is amazing. It's it's no Serena who hasn't washed it in weeks. This is Asami washes. The perfect amount because you shouldn't wash all the time, or else it'll be naturally greasy or whatever happens to it. Maybe it gets dry. I don't really have long hair, so I don't know. I know it's not good to wash too often. But well, Asami seems you to long wash. hair or short hair, you shouldn't be washing it all the time. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I don't. You don't see the bad effects if it's short. I, I probably wash too much, honestly. Someone should update Asami's wiki to say that she washes her hair the perfect Ooh. amount and use this podcast as, as a citation. <laughs> <laughs> But Asami, like, everyone would have died without her. Like, she just does everything right. I, I think Cora has a case, maybe, because she got her out. They got everyone out of there. But she couldn't have really done it without Asami. And uh, like Sam said earlier, Cora could have gotten out of there on her own. But she would have had to have left everyone behind. Asami gets the whole gang back. Mm -hmm. And as I spoke about, she does it while looking great. So, Asami, way to go. And Cora herself even admits that. So, it's like, exactly, yes. yeah. Your MVP. For me, the LVP has to be the queen. She fucking died. Yeah, I mean, she she, she gets murdered. It's yeah, it's <laughs> it's tough to say she didn't lose the episode because she starts the episode alive and in charge of a lot. And by a the end, even. yeah, not only has she lost the nation, but she has lost the ability to breathe. Sure. Yeah, like what a flop, honestly. <laughs> a flop. Bad performance. Um, uh, I, I'll just to be contrarian. I'll I'll go with. The Dai Li gets the LVP for me. I mean, oh, they've, they've been fair. so dominant throughout the whole universe and like immediately gets taken down by the Red Lotus. And they, they, they have been such a force to be reckoned with for so long. And you see them go down with with nothing. Terrible. I feel like the faceless guards in Avatar were a lot more threatening than the faceless guards in Korra. Like, yeah, the White Lotus and the Dai Li here are it's just like. Bad, who bad are showing. you nothing has ever you've never stopped anybody and but like i just feel like even the random fire nation soldier was more of a threat to team avatar than <laughs> like the white lotus against any villain so far yeah i guess they're old and washed up now or like everyone's getting more powerful and learning more about bending i don't i don't know what to really attribute it to i think it's that you know and now let's do some legend of Korra theater <laughs> <laughs> I think we already did it before. The, yeah. Hello, the, the I'm Zuko. Zuko. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> yes. Good Good thoughts, everyone around. Yeah. Wow. Good ratings. <laughs> good ratings. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Slay. Well, well we couldn't provide more controversy, you know, with like yeah. a, a like a left field pick for MVP. But, you know, sometimes not, you just not when, yeah, not when a song slays, slays all yeah. episode like she right. does. Wow, Matt, you basically said here. the exact same sentence that I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, well, thank you, Lonely Boys, for making this episode a little less lonely. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Poetic. <laughs> that's great. No, um, an honor to be on every yes, time. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're on every time from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> 
You just okay, like, um, yeah, we just worked out our contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sign um, here, sign here. Um, uh, yeah, well, thanks. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Matt, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yes. First of all, follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. Uh, we have mentioned our Lonely Boys podcast, which if you have not uh, picked up based on context clues yet, it is a Gossip Girl rewatch podcast. We are now finished with the first two seasons of Gossip Girl, so plenty to catch up on if you're just starting now. And um, as as for other projects, I, uh, I've i been on this this network twice this week now. You can catch me on wow. the Stanuatu podcast with wow. the iconic Christine and also Lita guested with me, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I was laughing throughout the whole episode. It was amazing. An iconic episode, an iconic cast, an iconic uh, three people talking about it, if I do say so myself. So check that out. And um, that that's all I've got for this one. Brendan? Very good. Uh, if you care about anything alcoholic, uh, we have a lot of that kind of stuff going on over at the Happy Boys podcast. Uh, oh. if you, we talk about beer a lot. We talk about seltzers. Sometimes we talk about maybe a cocktail or two. If you are interested in any of that, we do a lot of those sorts of things over there while also just having conversations and being a little silly. So check that out uh, if you I'd like say silly a things. Lot silly. Oh, I'd say most, a lot silly. More silly than yeah. alcohol talk, honestly. Um, I'm still waiting for my invite to be I on know, the Hopper podcast. <laughs> we, we keep meaning to do Sober October. We really want to have you on for like, we have a few like, um like non-alcoholic beers we would love to like we want we're saving for you but then we keep drinking wow. through october accidentally so well let's just do, uh, have to do it any random october's way. coming up i know we're gonna do october wow, fest instead of sober right. october so we're gonna go the other direction oh my God. <laughs> unfortunately we're going the other direction sam we'll so, still talk I'm to you gonna, in I guess for 2023 <laughs> no 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 we're not gonna wait for a specific month anymore we're just gonna have to call you in for a regular old episode so that'll be even better yeah, you know, actually, I think I'm going to break my sobriety to be on Hoppy Boys. So I can do one any episode. <laughs> That's what I've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun over there. We have, we have a lot of good friends that are friends with all of you guys on there, too. I'm actually drinking on recommendation of Mel Got Served, a lover boy right now. So shout out to Mel. Oh, she, she, loves is, she loves those. Lover um, boy. Lover boy love. So, Brendan, as an avid listener to the Lonely Boys, I just want to say thank you for not making whether or not you're wearing underwear a regular part of the opening. <laughs> oh, of the I gotta show. bring that back. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I really hope you don't because that I was one of the texts from Sam. I really hope this is not a, a future it the, segment. Like future. It was the first time you did it, and I was like, he better not. And then you <laughs> only did it. You've only done it like twice since then. <laughs> <laughs> was it two in a row? Was it like one sporadic? It, yeah, was, I don't remember. It was like a throwaway joke the next time, but I was like, <laughs> I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> now, at the request of you, it'll it'll come back at least one more time. Uh, but yeah, so let's check out the Hobby Boys wherever you get those podcasts of yours. And if you like the Lonely Boys podcast, you might also like the Sandy Boys, where we recap the OC over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Hobby Boys pod. Wherever you want your CW needs, essentially, you can come to me and Gagan for them. Good plug. Even yeah. though the OC was on Fox, but that's fine. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. Oh my God, disinformation! So confidently wrong. Ah, oh, but that's where the Cream Weekly thing came from. It's well, not... yeah, Gossip Girl was on CW. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> I nightmare. just listened to that up for today. Cream Weekly, Mike Bloom. Yes, <laughs> Mike Bloom patented Cream Cream. Yes, yeah, very good. <laughs> oh my God, um, um, Derek, do you have anything to plug? Uh, we can follow me at Rain Derricks on Twitter. You should listen to our Survivor Otter Creek coverage here on this very podcast. Um, I believe, let's see, finale will be next week or the week after. 
We're getting to the end of it, basically. I think it's the week after because we're gonna record, like, we're gonna release the penultimate episode on Monday, yes. and then we'll also record the finale recap that evening. Correct. Um, so, um, yes, listen to that. It was such an amazing recap of the finale. I had so much fun talking to the players on that season. Um, please just listen to that. Listen to Stanuatu, like uh, Maddie G said. Stanuatu is great. I did an episode of it. Um, probably was better than Matt and Lita's if I had to guess. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> and you do have to guess. And oh, <laughs> um, but um, and what else? Follow Shadow Play Gaze with me and Christine. We're in a little bit of a hiatus right now. We'll probably come back at some point once we're both like less busy with other stuff. Um, cover the musical. I've been hearing that all summer. I know. I know. I've been <laughs> patiently waiting. Sam, you don't understand how much we have to cover the musical adaptations of the anime that we watch. You don't understand. I understand. I do understand that I'm saying you better actually do it because do it. I think yeah. that when the hiatus started, I had seen 10 episodes of Utella, maybe Uh-oh. 14. And now I've Me seen too. all of them and the movie. <laughs> Me too. And, um, you can't rush perfection. Um, That's right. And in the spirit of that, Sam, quickly, please give us your, your plugs. Um, I was just going to talk also about Survivor Outer Creek. It was very funny. We did um, exit interviews with the final three a couple days ago. And every time we got to this part of the podcast with them, where I was like, do you have anything you want to plug? And they were all like, no, I'm just like a normal human being. (laughs) (laughs) It was honestly really great. And those, yeah, the exit interviews were amazing. Um, Um, I, I don't think it's, no one knows the birthdays of the people who played. So I can... I can spoil that the winner is a Virgo. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> which is, you know, I don't, what, what, You've what? Said too much. You've said too I've much. I've said too much. I don't know. <laughs> okay. This, this episode started with a spoiler and now it will end yeah, with a spoiler. Wow. Yes. Um, well, other plugs. I'm at Sim Stanish everywhere. Uh, my episode of Stanuatu will be coming this coming week. Yeah. Um, gotta catch up, uh, actually, in order to do that. <laughs> I'm excited about that. No, I, I mean, Vanuatu is so good. And it's like, so, so I good. really didn't appreciate it the first time because it was my first season. Um, anyway. Uh, what else? I don't do anything else. You can follow this podcast at Birders Pod, I guess. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Nothing. That's um, it. That's all I have that's for it. now. Yeah. Um, thank you, my lovely boys, for joining us. And thank yes. you all for listening. Our bitter duties. I feel like we haven't called you that in so long. <laughs> so true. Bye. Um, bye. Bye. bye.